On today's podcast, we're going to walk through talking through really what the IRS requires that relates to S-Corporation payroll. Now, uh, there are a lot of clients that uh, that come to us or um, maybe in conversations with clients will be talking about whether or not to make an S-Corp election for their, for their business. And, uh, and I know there's a lot of information out there uh, if you've ever gone through and maybe gone to a seminar or maybe had a tax strategy session. This is kind of one of the, one of the areas that's talked about the most. And that is uh, whether or not you should make an S-Corp election for your LLC or for your corporation. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's usually most of the time it comes from a, um, from a direction of trying to lower uh, taxes for the business owner. Let me walk through that just a little bit of kind of what that looks like and what the thought is behind it, and then we'll, uh, we'll unpack it just a little bit. So say, for example, you have a, you have a company and uh, say it nets $100,000 uh, during the course of the year. Now, if you're a single member LLC, for example, it will go on a, um, a tax of the disregarded entity. It'll go, it will go on a Schedule C on an individual tax return, and you'll pay a couple different types of taxes on that $100,000. You'll pay self-employment tax which is essentially 15.3%. Uh, uh, it's called SECA tax or self-employment tax, which is comprised of the Social Security and the Medicare portion. And then uh, you'll also pay your ordinary income tax. So wherever you're falling in the, uh, in the tax brackets, uh, that is essentially what you'll end up paying on that, uh, on that income. So the thought behind it is if you make an S-Corp election, you can go ahead and you can set your salary, say, at $60,000. And uh, you'll pay uh, your payroll taxes, which instead of SECA tax, you pay FICA tax, which is the same 15.3%. And then your ordinary income tax, you'll pay on the full $100,000. And where the tax saving comes into play is essentially uh, the difference between the 100 and the 60000 uh, paying the, the, the FICA or the SECA tax on that $40,000. Of course, you'll pay some unemployment tax and, and whatnot as well, which is, which is minimal. But, um, but essentially, you'll end up saving um, usually somewhere right around uh, 10 to 12 percent on, uh, on the difference between the net income and your salary number. Now, um, the, the problem is, is that uh, with this, uh, beyond just, um, just, the, uh, um, just whether or not this is the best tax strategy for the, uh, for the client, because many times this conversation is very siloed and based on some basic assumptions, is that very few businesses actually follow the guidelines of what the IRS requires. So what we end up saying is, <clears throat> on one end, they, um, we, the, the company simply just does not have a process. Uh, so either they're, um, the, the owner is not taking payroll at all out of the company, okay, or uh, they are simply just continue to operate that LLC checkbook or that company checkbook as if it's a sole proprietor. So they don't have a process in place as far as uh, making determination on distributions and making sure that you're following what the IRS requires. So that being said, uh, let's kind of walk through a little bit as far as uh, what the IRS does look at uh, when it comes to determining whether or not the owner uh, of an S corporation is taking a reasonable salary uh, from uh, his or her company. Now, the IRS does require that an S corporation owner take a salary from the business if they do anything beyond just contributing capital. So if, uh, if you're an owner of an S-Corp and all you do is contribute capital, you have no uh, role in the operations of the company at all, uh, you're completely hands-off, you're not going to meetings, you're, you're not involved at all. You just simply contribute money and that's it. Uh, then uh, in, that, uh, in that case there, you would not uh, need to take a, a salary from the S-Corp. 
Now, that is very, very rare. Uh, usually with S-Corporation, that owner is involved in some form or fashion. And most of the time with S-Corporation uh, uh, or entities taxed as S-Corporations, those shareholders are actively involved in the business. So it may not be what they do full-time. Most of the time it is. Uh, but they may uh, they may have some role. It may be one of a number of companies that they own, and they may be you know working on the business 10, 20, uh, 30 hours a week. Um, or as in the case with um, with many S corp uh, owners, that the uh, the actual owner is actually running the day to day or involved in the day to day of the business. Now, um, there are uh, you need to kind of run through or understand at least a little bit of what the IRS does require uh, as it relates to what sort of payroll uh, should you take out of the business. Because many times, uh, what we end up seeing is uh, at least in either in conversation or in application, when a co- when a client comes, uh, uh, when we end up onboarding a client, is they say, "Well, you know what? I'll set my salary at twenty four thousand dollars a year, and I'll pay the payroll taxes on the twenty four thousand, and I'll just take the other you know sixty seventy thousand dollars out of the business and distribution." Okay, uh, there's, um, so there's a, there's a couple problems there, but the biggest problem is, is that in all probability, if your company is making $100,000, uh, probably whatever input or, or work that you're putting into the business is probably worth more than $24,000. So uh, you really need to make sure that your your salary is set in a way that is consistent and compliant with what the IRS uh, does look at and what they do require. So the IRS does recommend uh, that you consider the following as it relates to setting uh, the owner your owner's salary inside of your business. First of all, take a look at your the duties that you're performing. So taking understand what exactly is it that I'm doing in my business. So if it's kind of one of those things that you have a you have an S corp and you're just simply going in maybe five hours a week and you're just providing some advisory services, that's going to look a lot different than if you are running the day to day operations of a multi million dollar uh, corporation. Okay, so what are what are the duties that you are actually performing? Are just going in and just just doing you know, a few hours of admin task uh, task every week, or are you actually running this company and uh, and you're involved in the day to day? You're making decisions in the day to day. Um, so what what are the duties that you're performing? Secondly, the, the character and the amount of the responsibility. So not just are you uh, uh, performing duties in the company, but what exactly is it that you're doing? Next, the complexities of the business. So the type of business uh, that you are running. Now, uh, if you're if you're running a an engineering firm, for example, uh, that is a lot more complex of a business than, uh, say, um, maybe running some sort of an online resa- uh, retail shop. Not that that is, you know, one is, you know, you know, not, I'm not making any sort of an, an evaluation on the quality of one business or the other, or the quality of the business owners. It's just bottom line: the uh, a running a an engineering firm, for example, is going to be a lot more complex than running a um, an online uh, resale shop. Okay, so uh, there. Um, so what is the how complex is the business? What is the structure inside the business? Uh, and uh, and so kind of kind of taking a look at this. What sort of l- level of knowledge does a business owner have to have in order to uh, to operate that business? So what the complexities of the business? The amount of time required. Uh, so what is the amount of time that you're actually spending in the business, and what's the amount of time that's required for you to fulfill your duties inside of the business? Next, uh, the cost of living in the locality. So we're kind of moving outside of just inside of the business itself, but taking a look uh, uh, at what what is the um, uh, what are the payroll numbers in that area? What is the cost to live in that area? So my office sits uh, um, in Northwest Indiana, just outside of uh, just outside of Chicago. 
Now, if you were to take my office, and I'm in a small town uh, in northwest Indiana, uh, one of the one of the nicer towns in the state of Indiana. But bottom line, it is not as expensive, uh, and uh, I don't need to pay as much uh, for an employee that's here in uh, in this area. Even though my the county I live in is right next to Cook County, Illinois, where Chicago is at, the cost of living isn't quite as high here as it is in Chicago, for example. Okay, now take the same business and move it to New York City or move it to Los Angeles, California, uh, then uh, the cost of living is going to be even higher. So, uh, it, so the cost of living does, um, uh, does come, into, come into play. Where is your business located? So that is going to, uh, take a, uh, it is going to have a role as far as on, on the termination of the, the payroll amount. Next, the ability and achievements of the individual performing, uh, performing the duties. And so uh, what, what are, um, essentially, what is your skill set? Uh, taking a look at your, your education background. So, for, uh, for example, I uh, own, a, a, own or partially own a, a few businesses, but uh, the, my accounting firm is my primary business. Well, guess what? Most people in society cannot do what I do, okay? And uh, it doesn't mean that, that I'm smarter than they are, whatever the case may be. It just happens to be that um, I have licenses that allows me to do what I do. Same thing, I have team members. They don't have the same licenses that I have, and they can't do what I do. Okay, so um, as um, so, what is what are the what are the the abilities, the skill set that I have, the licenses that I have, the education uh, that uh, kind of went into this, the you know, the undergrad and, and and advanced degrees and whatnot that came into play in order for me to be able to uh, to have the ability to do what I do and also to get the licenses uh, that I hold. That's going to hold a lot uh, greater value than a, a business that's being operated by someone uh, that, uh, or a, business, a type of business that doesn't require as much of a skill set or as much education, et cetera, to operate it. Okay, so that is uh, just one of uh, just one of the number of factors, but the uh, the abilities, the achievements, the skill set of the owner, uh, and uh, what is required to uh, to run that business. Next, pay compared with uh, with the growth and net income of the business. So uh, you're so for example, if you're if you're operating a business that's uh, you know if you're operating a ten million dollar business, uh, that is going to require a higher uh, salary amount than if you're running a, uh, a smaller uh, six figure operation. Okay, so uh, the uh, so it, it's going to evaluate taking a look at the the gross amount of uh, of revenue of the business and also the net income of the business. Okay, so these factors will come into play. Uh, next, the distribution to shareholders, and this I think is uh, is kind of the one area where people really get hung up. And if you're a business owner and say, "Okay, I'm going to set my salary at a thousand dollars a month, and I'm going to take a thousand dollars a month in distributions," I've heard this over and over and over again. The IRS, if they come in and audit, will reclassify that recurring thousand uh, dollars as uh, as salary. Okay, if you're going to take a thousand, if you need two thousand dollars a month. Uh, to um, uh, which I think is probably extremely low unless you're you know unless you're kind of um, not involved in the business it's a really small business but say for example um, your uh, your business essentially we're taking a look at it and you're saying okay well you need to live on eighty thousand dollars and you're going to take an eighty thousand dollar salary but you say okay no I, instead I'm going to take forty and forty and uh, so I'm going to set my salary at forty thousand dollars a year and then I'm going to take um, I'm going to take uh, you know a few thousand dollars out a month in uh, in, in distributions. And I'm going to do this regularly. I'm going to set this on autopilot. Okay. Uh, no, you need to set your salary at eighty thousand dollars. So um, the distribution, that process. Let me kind of walk through that pro what that process should look like. 
So ideally, those distributions uh, should not be getting made monthly. They shouldn't be kind of one of these things. Okay, I'm going to take a look at monthly, and I'm going to say, okay, this is what I'm going to take in distributions. I would say at, at most uh, that, uh, and this is practical. This isn't like written down. This is an IRS code, whatever the case may be. I'm going to come more from a little bit of a practical, uh, from practical direction here. One of those things where you actually have a board meeting. Okay, you actually sit down and you have a meeting a quarterly. And it may, say you're the only owner of the company. You bring your leadership team, whatever the case is. Uh, you come in, you have the meeting, you're analyzing your financials, you take a look back at the previous quarter, and you say, okay, our company netted uh, $30,000 last quarter. We are going to declare a distribution, or if you're an actual S-corp, corporation, then uh, we are going to uh, declare a dividend distribution of you know, 22% of the net income or a set amount, whatever the case may be. So and there's actually a process of taking a look back at the numbers and making a determination of this is how much money we need to leave into the company and this is how much me as an owner I'm going to take out. This is above and beyond as you're setting your reasonable salary requirement. So your distribution should not be part of your calculation of what you need to take out of your business to operate your personal life. Sometimes I'll advise clients and, and simply to uh, simply state, okay, what does it take to operate your life beyond just looking at um, the uh, beyond just looking at what are the actual salary requirements? So, say you're operating in a business and your essentially your skill set everything only requires a salary of sixty thousand dollars, but you need seventy thousand dollars a year to live on. Instead of taking sixty, you know, taking instead of taking the sixty thousand and then just taking um, you know eight hundred dollars a month or whatever the case may be in regular distributions, go ahead and set your salary at seventy or seventy five thousand dollars. That way, you're not tempted to go in and, and violate some of these rules that your salary is already set in a way that it's going to to help to cover uh, your lifestyle. So that that's not one of the IRS uh, one of the areas that they say to look at. But I think practically, uh, you should set your salary in a way that you're not tempted to go through and uh, fall outside of really um, what is required as far as making a declaration as far as a distribution from uh, from accumulated earnings and profits or retained earnings of the company. So a distribution to shareholders. Next, a history of salaries paid to other employees. So um, I've been doing this long enough. It took me a while to kind of figure out, okay, what should I pay people, you know, that type of thing. But if your business has been around for a while, you kind of know uh, what, you, what you generally pay people when, they, uh, when, when you bring them in. So if you normally uh, bring, you know, bring a team member on and you're paying them, you know, say $45,000 is kind of your baseline starting pay. But you decide to set your salary as the owner at $36,000, okay, that's going, to be, that's going to be an issue. Okay, so you as the owner, generally speaking, uh, you are going to um, you're going to have the highest salary of anybody in the business, and uh, so the the IRS uh, uh, can go in and take a look at what are what is the history and salaries paid to other employees, and what are your company policies regarding uh, regarding uh, wages, regard uh, even getting into bonuses and benefits and all these types of things. So is uh, what you're doing inside of the business, is it uh, truly comparable uh, to, the, uh, to the work that you're performing, to wages uh, paid uh, in your area, uh, to uh, everything that you're actually doing inside of the business, and also taking into consideration um, the, uh, the, the revenue uh, that, uh, of the company, the, the complexities of running the business. So uh, kind of the takeaway. If you own a, an entity taxed as an S-corp, so say it's an S-corporation, an LLC taxed as an S-corporation, make sure that you sit down and you're evaluating uh, is your salary that you're taking out of the business, are you compliant with what the IRS requires? And are you paying yourself a, a reasonable salary? If you had to go outside your business and hire someone to sit in your seat, what would you pay them? Okay, if you're running a, if you're running a $500,000 uh, gross income business, you're not going to go out and hire someone to run the day-to-day -day operations of your business for $36,000. 
you're going to have to pay them relatively well uh, to bring them in to run your business. So paying yourself $36,000 is not going to be a, a reasonable salary. Okay, so take a look at some of these factors uh, and, and sit down and analyze. And this really should probably be done annually. Uh, set your salary up in a way that you're not setting yourself up to fail. Um, but uh, you're not going to go in and say, okay, I'm going to you know, pay myself a low salary to try to save in taxes. There are plenty of other tax strategies that can be used uh, that are practical to lower your tax exposure. Uh, this should not be your, uh, your lead-in to how you're going to, to save in taxes. If you're talking to an accountant and you say, okay, this is, uh, you know, this is going to be your best strategy without uh, having this broader conversation, some of the things that we're, that we're talking about here, uh, then uh, you may want to consider who you're working with. Okay, so you may, uh, you, really the conversation should be broader than, uh, than just simply, okay, you're going to pay yourself as low of a salary as possible, take the rest of it in distribution just simply to try to lower your tax exposure. Uh, that is not the, uh, that it really shouldn't be the lead into, uh, into why you make an S-Corp uh, -corp election or operate as an S-Corp election. It's just one of a number of factors that you'll want to take into consideration. Hopefully this particular podcast brought you some value and was a, was a help. I understand this isn't podcast isn't for everyone, uh, but uh, but I think for, for many clients that may hear or um, I'm sorry, many individuals that are, uh, that are operating a business, that when they hear uh, this kind of this nugget at a, in a room that they're in or maybe even from, uh, from someone who's very well-meaning uh, or an advisor, they say, well, just you know, simply make this S-Corp election. Make sure that you understand everything that's involved in that process, especially as it relates to how you uh, pay yourself in your business. My name is Josh Belk. This is the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you for listening in. Have a wonderful day.